Let me be really clear on this. Your business exists to turn a profit. Profit is quite literally the only thing that matters because you're increasing value, value for you, for the customers you serve, for the people you employ, for your family, for generations to come. Everything else then in the business, right? Good food, good service, cool decor, great hospitality, all of that is in service of profit. You serve good food to get people to say, whoa, that food's really good, I wanna go back there. You make people feel welcome so that they'll come back because of the way you make them feel. The more they come back, the more revenue they generate, the more profitable you can be. And again, that's how you provide for you, for your family, and for generations to come. Make no mistake, Profit is the only thing that matters. And if that sounds callous, I promise you it's not. I'm coming from the most generous place. I've been in this industry for 25 years. I love our industry more than you can imagine. But profit has to take center stage. And so here we are, the 10th and final installment of this Rethinking Restaurants arc. And we're going to talk all about profitability, how we can rethink profits for the future of our restaurants. Don't go anywhere. There's an old saying that goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast with answers for anyone who's looking. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Chip Close, and this is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast dedicated solely to helping you build a more profitable restaurant. Each week, I leverage my 25 years in the industry to help you build a more profitable and a more sustainable business. I also work directly with owners and operators all over the world through my P3 Mastermind program. This is a group coaching format. It's geared towards independent operators who've been around at least a year and are doing more than a million dollars in annual revenue. If you are making a lot of hungry people happy, if you you struggle with profitability, then we wanna talk with you. If you struggle to generate a consistent, predictable 20% return, we can help. You get started by setting up a free call with me or someone from my team. You go to our website, restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. Grab some time on the calendar. We'll get to learn more about you and your restaurant. You'll get to ask some questions about the program, and we'll see if you're a good fit. Again, restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. As always, that link is in the show notes. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Running a restaurant is hard work, but managing your team doesn't have to be. If you're spending hours on scheduling and chasing your team down through text chains and emails, then you got to check out Seven Shifts, a team management platform built specifically for restaurants. With Seven Shifts, you can create and publish schedules in minutes. You can communicate with your team and pay your employees all in a single tool. Seven Shifts helps your team make more profitable decisions, improve operating efficiency, and most importantly, it gives you time back in your day. And right now, Restaurant Strategy podcast listeners can get three months free. To get started, visit sevenshifts.com slash restaurantstrategy. That's the number seven, S-H-I-F-T-S dot com slash restaurantstrategy to get three months of industry-leading team management software for free. As always, the link is in the show notes. Now, this whole 10-episode arc I've dubbed Rethinking Restaurants. I'm challenging you to rethink the restaurant, to rethink uh, your place in this industry, to rethink how a restaurant has to operate. 
Again, restaurants have been around for thousands of years, but the models that we have have pretty much been around a couple hundred years. It's not to say it can't or won't change because they are, they will continue to change in, in, in big and small ways over the coming years. If you think the last three years were crazy with the explosion of technology, I promise you, it's nothing compared to what we're going to see over the next couple of years. I said that during the first year of the pandemic. I said the first year, everybody was overwhelmed by all the influx in uh, in um, technology. And I said, if, you, uh, if your head was spinning from the last year, wait till you see the next year. And man, I could not have been more right. I'm not, I'm not right because I'm right. I'm right because I'm paying attention and I'm looking around at what consumers want, at what sort of technology is being developed, and what our, uh, what our people are demanding of us, both the people who work for us and the people who come to be fed by us. So we have to rethink how our industry works, especially with the influx of technology. Uh, our customers, our diners are going to expect more from us. And if we don't deliver it, they're not going to patronize our places. They're going to go to other places that figure it out, and other places will figure it out. We've covered everything from the business model to the service model to compensation uh, to technology, and now we're going to cover profitability. You know you know, we had to land here. You know we. I couldn't have gone past here without talking about profitability. And this is going to be a short episode. I don't want to belabor this uh, any more than, than, than we need to. You know, and I said this at the top, that profit is quite literally the only thing that matters in your business. And that's not me being a greedy, money-hungry, callous jerk. I'm not. But a business exists quite literally to increase shareholder value, meaning the people who own shares in the business, for most of you, that is you, that is your spouse, that's maybe a couple of partners. You are shareholders. You, are, uh, you have a vested interest in the success of your business. The goal is to increase value for those people, meaning... You bring in more than you spend, more revenue, less expenses. That maximizes that surplus that we call profit. Profit allows you to pay for things, to put food on the table, put a roof over your family's head, to maybe take a vacation from time to time, to pass on maybe some generational wealth to the generations to come, to your kids, to your grandkids. And I know that resonates. All of that is okay. None of those are dirty words. It's okay to want to provide for you and your family. It's okay to want to enjoy life a little bit. And I, and I know we wear the, our hard work and our long hours. We wear that on our sleeve like a badge of honor. But th there's nothing cool or sexy about that. Profit is sexy. Creating a business that feeds a lot of people, that helps provide a living for a lot of people, that supports a community, that can get passed on generation after generation. It can provide for your kids and their kids and on and on. That's cool. That's sexy. The entire point of opening a business is to create profit, not just to create a job for yourself. Now, that's where I want to start this conversation. I want to rethink profitability. A lot of times when independent operators open a restaurant, what they do is they don't give themselves a business. They don't give themselves a revenue stream. They give themselves a job. And maybe a better job or a worse job than the job they left to open this restaurant. But oftentimes, independent operators or an owner-operator gives themselves a job. They say, hey, man, I'm working 40 hours a week for this guy and uh, making this guy uh, all this money. Uh, maybe I should just put all that time in for me and make all that money from me. So what happens is they go from working a 40 to 50-hour-a-week job for some other guy to working 70, 80 hours a week for you, for yourself. And for some people, that's a great trade. 
because you're building something for yourself. The problem for me, and there is a season for every business, the problem to me is when that can't change, when the business cannot exist unless the owner operator is in there 60, 70, 80 hours every single week, or that we eventually downgrade to 40 to 50 hours a week. That's, I think, a losing proposition. I've said this to all of my, uh, all the members of the P3 Mastermind, right, the, the group coaching program I run. I said, my not-so-secret secret goal for everyone in the program is that they become an absentee owner, meaning the business can run while they're absent. The business can run without them and send them a distribution check once a month. Now, if the only place they want to be is on the line, is in their restaurant, at the bar, talking to people, walking through the dining room, great. I want all of my members to be exactly where they want to be. And if that's in their restaurant, great. If that's at home watching the game, great. If that's on a beach somewhere, great. What we don't want is to build a restaurant that requires you to be there. This is directly related to this conversation of profitability because I think the next generation of restaurateurs is thinking about it differently and must think about it differently. A lot of owner operators, especially over the last, let's say, 50 years, probably longer, but I can say the people that I've known, they gave themselves a job. Maybe a good job, maybe a bad job, but they gave themselves a job. They left their job and they gave, gave themselves another job. The place cannot run without them. And so moving forward, that's a losing proposition. I, I've said this before in the show, but I think a business cannot be reliant on any one person, whether that's the chef, the bartender, the busboy, or yes, the owner. If the restaurant requires the owner to be there in order to succeed, it is, it's a failure. It's doomed, it's set up for failure. Because if you get sick one day, you get hit by a bus one day, if you're no longer there, well, there are people who rely on you then to feed them. There's people who rely on you to provide a livelihood for themselves and their family. And I think that's really dangerous. I think it's really, um, I think it's really irresponsible. So in the future, as we rethink restaurants, we have to be going into this by saying, could this thing eventually run without me? Maybe not in the first year or the first three years or the first five years, but could this eventually run without me? And what does that look like? What do I have to do to get that there? To be profitable without me, to pay me to become a passive income stream where it just sends me money once a month. Take my distribution once a month, otherwise I live on the beach in Cabo. I'm not going to live on the beach in Cabo, but I want that for you and your businesses. As we move forward, we have to stop thinking about this business as difficult. We have to stop thinking about this business as, 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 as if the only way it can exist is with these narrow profit margins. I just had a conversation with a restaurant owner, uh, has a big, beautiful restaurant, does $7.5 million, and they make about 3% profit every year. You do the math. $7.5 million, and they do about 3%. And, and they're sort of insisting that that's the only way it can exist, that this restaurant was not built to make more money than that. And I fundamentally reject that. I think that's old school thinking, and I think we get locked into this. All right? And they were saying, well, we make everything here. We make all our breads, all our cheeses, all our this, all our that. We hang our own charcuterie. We do everything here. And I said, great, but that's handmade. That's bespoke. That's craft. You have to charge for that. 
We're packed out every day. We don't even need to do marketing. It's that Disney World conversation, right? <laughs> they see this about Disney World. Disney World prices themselves so that everybody grumbles about the price, but everyone still keeps going. They're sold out just about every day. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people, millions of dollars taken at the gate of all the Disney parks every single day. People grumble about it, but they'll still pay it because there's only one Disney World. So if what you do is so extraordinary, so interesting, so unique, handmade, bespoke, handcrafted, great, but that comes at a, at a cost. All the people that are required to prep the dough, proof the dough, get, throw it into the oven, take it out, make the cheese, grind the burger meat, all of that, that has to be factored in. We have to think of it like a factory. Now, we don't think about this way in the restaurant industry, but in manufacturing, they very much think about the cost of labor for each item that comes off the line. They know how many labor hours, how many labor dollars go into a car or a pair of jeans or a purse or a camera. And there's a, and there's a range. There's a target that they go for. It's not worth doing unless they can do it profitably. Before they decide to develop a product, they're first going to decide whether they can develop that or, or reproduce that product profitably. They can't do it. There's no reason for it to exist in the world unless, of course, you run a nonprofit and you just think uh, things like that are important to have in the world. And certainly there are things uh, that exist out there. There are companies that do that. But I don't think that's what we're doing in the restaurant industry. Certainly most of the people listening to this show count on their business to provide money so that you can feed your family. So again, when I talk about profitability, it's not a dirty word. For the most part, I'm not talking with people who are buying private jets and yachts with their profits from their restaurants. I'm working with people who are looking to pay off their mortgage, who are looking to trade in their car and get a newer one that doesn't break down. They're looking to put away a little money for their kid's college fund. That's what they're looking to do. I'm guessing most of you fall into that. Most other industries in the world do not operate on these razor-thin profit margins. Most businesses don't go into business unless they can guarantee a 20-plus percent profit margin, 20% return within the operation. Everything from cars to consumer electronics to clothes, sneakers, booze, you name it. But somehow we don't feel confident enough in the product that we're serving to charge appropriately. It's insane. It's insane to do $7.5 million and make 3 4%. It's insane. There's got to be a better way. And I know there is. That's, that's the work I do. When we talk about rethinking restaurants, we have to rewire our brains. 10%, I was always taught, was the land of fairies and unicorns. Man, if you get your restaurant to 10%, you're doing incredible. But I don't know. The average restaurant in this country makes about a million, million and a half. 10% of that, $100,000, $150,000, 
split between two or three or four partners or paying out investors, that's not a lot of money. Not in the year 2024, not when 150 gets split four ways. It's really hard to get ahead in the world when you're looking at that. But when you double that, when you get into $250,000, $300,000 split three or four ways, okay, that's decent. And if you figure out the recipe to open one restaurant that does a million dollars and 20% on that million dollars, you know the recipe to open a second and a third and a fourth and a fifth and a tenth and a twentieth and on and on and on. That's why we have these chains. These chains have figured out the recipe. Now, okay, they got frozen food in a bag that gets reheated in a microwave. They got purchasing power because they have hundreds and hundreds of locations. So they've got preferred vendor pricing and all that. So I get it. But way, way back when, they figured out the recipe, how to make one, two, three, five units work. And then they only increase their profitability the more buying power they had. It's the same thing with you. We have to rethink profitability. Profitability is stability, is security for your diners, for your employees, for you and your family. As we move forward, if we keep thinking the way we've been thinking, those margins will get cut narrower and narrower and narrower. Even when I started in the industry 25 years ago, the target we always have for prime cost, right? So COGS plus labor is what we call prime cost. That number was about 50%. 50% prime is what we targeted. Now that number is 60 if we're lucky. I think it's really hard to make money if prime cost is over 60. So I work with all of my clients to work with them to get prime cost below 60. No secret, no magic bullet. That's just the number. Cogs plus labor can't add up to any more than 60% of your revenue. But if it floats up to 65 and 70 and 75, there's just nothing left for you at the end of the month. And so I think we need to, I think we need to rethink. I think we need to rethink profitability in everything. Everything we do in our restaurants has to be rethought. Just about everything. Except great food. Keep putting out great food. Keep taking care of people. But listen to actually what they want. Watch their behavior. That will tell you what they care about. Let's rethink the business model, right? Business models directly related to profitability. The restaurants that used to work 30 years ago don't really work now. And they might not work in another five or 10 years. Or they're going to cost a lot more. Certainly we're seeing that with fine dining. Fine dining 10 years ago, comparatively speaking, was relatively inexpensive, especially in America. If you went over to anywhere in Europe, fine dining, those Michelin star restaurants cost much more, much more than they did here. Now, and that's changing. Now a lot of Michelin star restaurants here in the United States are getting more and more expensive simply because labor continues to go up and ours is a people business. It takes a lot of people to run a place. But we have to be willing to think outside the box to not just do the things that we've been doing. If we are to succeed, you are to succeed in this industry moving forward, you have to be willing to think differently. You have to be willing to think differently about 
about what you do and how you do it. So that's it. That's where we've landed. Ten episodes, this ten-episode arc that I've dubbed Rethinking Restaurants. If you missed any of the past ones, please go back. They're, they're really good. I think there's a lot of good conversations in here. Again, pricing, compensation, technology, profitability. All these are good conversations. Big, heady, 30,000-foot view. And then we get granular to talk about how, uh, how a lot of this is going to be executed. As always, I want to uh, say thank you for tuning in here. I appreciate you guys taking the time um, to be here with me, to listen to what I uh, want to say. Hopefully, this stuff resonates. Hopefully, this helps you build a more profitable restaurant. Um, my one ask uh, that I'd make from time to time is that if you get any sort of value out of this show, please take two minutes and go leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That is the platform that matters. That helps us move the needle and grow this community. Just take two minutes. Let people know what you get out of the show, what you've gotten out of the show, and let them know why you think they should tune into this show. Because when uh, we all do better, we literally all do better. It's not like we can, we're can. we going to hoard the secrets, right? It's not like you knowing the secrets and other people not knowing them is going to help you. Everybody knowing them is going to help all of us, I promise you. Thank you very much for tuning in, and I will see you next time.